hello. Welcome back to another episode of Love at First Psych, a Psych First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jake Christie, joined as always by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Hey, Jake. <laughs> I'm good. I'm still reeling from the end of this episode. Yes. Uh, we're talking about the season three finale, An Evening with Mr. Yang. Um, definitely one of the most memorable episodes I remember watching live um, for lots of reasons. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, this Yang episode is, uh, it's... You know, it's a lot, and who knows? Maybe there's, maybe there's some more. Maybe maybe this is a recurring thing. Who knows? Who's to say? Um, it definitely is. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we're here to talk about that. And um, you know, I feel like I really didn't make the connection because anyone who listened to us speak for three seconds knows how we're big fans of the film Zodiac. It's definitely some Zodiac vibes. Oh um, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, they even reference the film. They say the film Zodiac in it. Um, but yeah, let's talk about it. Uh, we start off, we don't have a flashback, start off with Sean and Gus at, at uh, lunch, and um, uh, Sean is flirting with the waitress, but it's like, you know, Gus is like, whatever, he, it's cheesy, you know, but I think it's obviously on purpose. You mean Trapezius Milkington? Of course, Trapezius Milkington. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Gus excuses himself to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and while he's gone, Sean lays down his, his rap. Mm-hmm. Um basically I, I forgot what it is but it has something to do with what he could order that's kind of like out of the norm mm-hmm. or something yeah and she recommends yeah. pumpkin pancakes and he guesses that she has a green jetta with pink berry in the back seat um but apparently she drives a black jeep although there is pink berry in the back seat um you know mm-hmm. so he's doing a psychic thing and uh yeah then gus comes back and is like oh is she considering your marriage proposal but we know he does this to everyone apparently he did it to an 80 year old waitress at fuddruckers have you ever been to Fuddruckers? I don't think I know. I never have. I don't know where they are really regionally. I don't think they really exist anymore. To be quite honest with you. Yeah, let me look up map of Fuddruckers. This is. Well, this I know is that there used to be one in Burbank, and I'm pretty sure they're kind of all over the country, but never anywhere near where I really live. Like, there's a couple in North Jersey that I could go to if I wanted to, but like, I'm also not super. I'm try- not chomping at the bid to go to Fuddruckers. Uh, yeah, me neither. Have you been to, like, Rainforest Cafe? Yes, definitely. Multiple times. I don't think I've ever been to that. I've been to, when I was really young, I went to a location in the Palisades Mall that eventually closed down, and then I've been to the one at Animal Kingdom twice. Um, What's Animal Kingdom? Animal Kingdom and uh, Walt Disney World, Florida. What's, what's Animal Kingdom? Animal Kingdom, I don't know, it's one of the parks at Disney World. That is How like, many parks are at like Disney a, World? At Disney World, there are four. There is Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom. And is Epcot the one where you like drink all the cokes? Yeah, I mean, there are multiple. There is the station that is one of. That is probably the thirtieth thing I would think about with Epcot. But yeah, there is the thing where you can drink different Coca-Cola. What else is there at Epcot? I don't know. Like, there's the all the countries. Thing? There's all. There's like they have like ten different countries that you can visit and have their food, and um, then there's the gigantic ball, the golf ball. Yeah, I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Animal Kingdom has like a big safari. Like uh, they have a full like nature preserve that you can go through. Um, do you know how yeah. much like a uh, like a pass to Disney World? Is? You can't do it all in one day, right? No way. All oh, four? No, probably not. No, no. Okay. I need um, to look into this. Yeah, it's. I mean, I really don't know off the top of my head. I know my brothers obviously have like the biggest pass because they live in Orlando and they will mm-hmm. just go something like my, especially with Epcot because Epcot has the restaurants you can like get good food and drink at. Like, you know, it's just like a pretty normal occurrence since they have the passes to, if my 
brother wants to have like a fancy dinner with his girlfriend, they might just like be like, yeah, we're at the Canadian steakhouse, you know? <laughs> I see. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so I never do a Fuddruckers and, um, <laughs> Gus is kind of like, when are you going to get serious? When are you going to stop doing this bullshit? And so Sean calls, you know, calls his bluff, not his bluff, but like calls it and says he calls, uh, someone who he's trying to set up a date with. And who does he call? He calls, uh, Rachel Lee Cook, AKA Abigail Leiter, who we saw in, don't even ask me to name it. Something. Uh, I want to say, uh, murder anyone, Bueller, Bueller, I think is the episode. Yeah, 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 that's definitely it. Um, and she's at work, you know, she's a teacher. I don't recall if that was ever established Mm -hmm. previously, but, um, Mm -hmm. you know, she has all the kids down for nap time and she takes a call and she's kind of surprised that, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. after the last time that they uh, saw each other, basically Sean told her that they should just let the mystery be essentially. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so Sean asks her on a proper date, seven o'clock, he pick her up. Uh, and so that's, you know, he's. He's maturing, perhaps. Maybe he's trying to get serious with someone. Then we cut to the police station where uh, Buzz McNabb brings in a uh, manila envelope. So not like a manila folder, excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. No envelope. I meant envelope. Uh, to the chief that is in a bag, and it has a marking on it of the yin-yang sign. Um, and yeah, so then Sean gets a phone call from the chief who tells him to get down here now. Yeah, so uh, get there, they do. Um, and basically, this is where we learn about the Yin Yang killer, who is mm-hmm. uh, a serial killer. And it's like an unsolved, obviously, serial mm-hmm. killer that has been stalking the Santa Barbara area since 1995. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been what, 14 years? Essentially? Yeah. yeah, yeah, basically. So that, yeah. Give or take. So, and, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there's a letter. Yeah, there's a letter. And so they're trying to figure out where the envelope came from. Obviously, they're not going to find out where that is, but mm-hmm. they open it up, and it's one of those letters that you used to see all the time in, like, Ransom, where it's all, like, cut-out letters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know exactly what it says, but... Uh, it's a riddle. I didn't write down what it was. Yeah, yeah. It's a riddle, and at the end, it basically calls out Sean. Yes. That the whole thing about Mr. Yang, who is what uh, the killer signs uh, the letters as... Um, so they might call them the yin yang killer, but they go by Mr. Yang. And uh, the um, we learn that they have an expert there, um, uh, an expert in the yin yang killer, uh, who is Mary Lighty. I'm sorry, Mary Lightly, who is played mm-hmm. by actor Jimmy Simpson, who is, of course, in the film Zodiac. I mean, just great stuff. Oh, that's uh, right. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. Mike Majeau. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I always like Jimmy Simpson. He's the guy I'm happy to see. Um, and shouts to Mary lately, um, who, uh, he, and then he, we, we get the worst second Gus nickname here where he introduces Gus as Sterling Cooper, which is very funny. <laughs> that's just a Mad Men thing, right? Yeah. That's the name. That, that's the name of the firm in the first three seasons of Mad Men. Yeah. Um, sorry. I think we've, I might not, uh, might not have mentioned, but in the letter, it also says that someone's going to die tonight. So right. yes, they don't have a lot of time to, uh, to figure this whole situation mm-hmm. out. And Sean has a very important question for Mary, which is how is what is Mary short for? And it's not short for anything. His name is Mary. His father's name is Mary. His father's name is Mary. His father's name is Craig, which is a thing that I could recite at any point. Yeah. I just think about that all the time. <laughs> My name is yeah. his father's name is Mary. His father's name is Mary. His father's name is Craig. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's was it, um, I don't know why we keep yawning. Um, uh, okay, wasn't there 
is there like a character in like a classic movie where their like name was something go lightly holly go lightly i believe is the character in breakfast at tiffany's okay all right. i believe never mind let me start so i don't check think that. it's, it's holly not mary lightly is correct yes that is the name main character of breakfast at tiffany's um and so uh we learn like you said that the, he that the, i'm gonna say he at the beginning although obviously spoiler alert we know that mr yang is not a he but we know that he uh killed six people in 1996 and has come back twice since and basically always challenges someone in the police um and uh there's a riddle and they have a stopwatch for an hour 10 and part of the romantic is like about like generals and soldiers in a white river um and so lassie of course taking everything literally the man is incapable of taking anything figuratively uh mm-hmm. assumes that it's someone in the military um and sean is kind of trying to defuse the situation being like oh the rhyming seals are rudimentary yada yada one thing mm-hmm. one thing i do like about this episode a lot and yeah, I feel like for the first time watching it, I was annoyed by it. But the thing I like about it, I was super it, annoyed. Yeah. But the thing I like about it, I assume you probably will actually come around to it, even if it doesn't work fully, is that it does purposely kind of interrogate, like that. It, it's so clear it's a coping mechanism that he does this. You know, like it's not, it doesn't play it straight, which I like. Yes, I agreed. Um, uh, but yeah, Henry shows up. Yeah, Henry shows up at the station. Obviously, he doesn't like whenever Sean is like directly involved in the stuff going on, but especially this one because it's you know a serial killer, and mm-hmm. um, we we've seen or we hear about it later. But essentially, um, someone always gets hurt, and mm-hmm. it yeah, it just it it fucks people up essentially. Yeah, and so you know he has a, a kind of standoff between him and Vic and his dad, and he ends up you know going back with Vic. And uh, I do love the line, I'm not 27 anymore. You can't forbid me to do things, which is funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so um, Sean comes back and he says that dad was just dropping off his Zodiac DVD. There we go. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Sean thinks about his last 24 hours because apparently it's going to be something related to him. And he thinks General, General Mills, the White River is milk. Who? And then they think, oh, the waitress at the restaurant. Now they go to the restaurant. Did you catch what the restaurant's name is? No, I did not. It's Captain Ron's, which I think is funny. That uh, it's a Kurt Russell movie that I've never seen, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. That's that's with Kurt Russell and his uh, his wife in that too. Goldie, is Goldie not th- she might be, but I think you might be thinking of Overboard. Oh, probably, yeah, yeah. Captain Ron. The only thing I know about it is that it's just Kurt Russell is it wears an eye patch. Um, the only thing I know. Uh, anyway. So they go to the restaurant. The waitress hasn't been seen in a bit. They go to her locker, and sure enough, there's a yang, yin and yang symbol on the locker, and um, there's uh, another riddle. Yeah, it's another riddle. Uh, this one is in a uh, serial form, um, serial killer. Uh, I get it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so essentially, uh, I keep saying essentially. I don't know why. Yes. Um, the. <laughs> Sorry, I completely lost. Uh, well, basically, okay. this is when this is when Gus pulls Sean aside and is like, "Why are you still being an ass?" Correct. Yeah, because he still keeps making jokes and like to the point that Lassie and Jules just kind of mm-hmm. like don't. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're not going to sell the joke, and they just keep mm-hmm. staring at him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Sean tells Gus that he basically needs to just proceed this way because this is mm-hmm. like the way that mm-hmm. he handles things, and he needs Gus to sell him, uh, yes. basically to help him out with this. Yes. So Gus comes out and he's like, you know, mm, I want pancakes with butter. What? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so cringy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, it was, it was super funny when they first met Mary Lightly and he puts his little flimsy Oh, handshake. the handshake. And then yeah. Gus says, hello. <laughs> yeah. 
but in the riddles, they mentioned something about needing to touch home plate, and so Sean concludes that means that they got to go back to the police station. And when they get back to the police station, who uh, who happens to be in town for this season finale? You know, they were going to have all the characters. Yeah, his mother, Madeline, is in town. Um, apparently she's been in town, and, you know, it would have been nice to have let Sean know about it, but she's there for some sort of conference in Ventura, so. Yeah, um, and that's, you know, at least they at least they pick somewhere close. It's not one of those things where, you know, you know how you Californians get whenever someone implies that two places are close enough to drive between and they're not? Yeah, sure. I mean, let's be honest, that's uh, the thing you Californians do do. Like, I've heard, we- I think a good, like, 30 minutes total of... No, I would say 30 hours of Rewatchables episodes are Bill Simmons complaining about geography in L.A. and movies. So, um, yeah. Bill Simmons is a beta. Uh, anyways. <laughs> so his mother's there. <laughs> his mother's there, and she, you know, she cuts to the chase that basically Sean, sorry, Henry called her mm-hmm. to convince Sean to not mm-hmm. get involved in the case further. Mm-hmm. And... Sean basically says that he he needs to do it. He can do it. He needs mm-hmm. he's going to stop this person. And she says yes, you can, and gives her blessing yeah. for him to do it. And mm-hmm. kind of is a little bit, uh, kind of like walks it back a little bit when he's out of earsight. Yeah, and so um, there was some type of gigantic package delivered, but no one signed for it. It was just left outside. Like Dobson found it outside the fire room, and uh, they open it up. And there's a, uh, a, it was a white rat or a mouse. I can never really tell the difference. I think it was a, I, I think it's a rat. I thought yeah, it was a white it's rat. It's like a lab rat. It's yeah. like a lab rat. One of those white ones. Yeah. Lab rat in a cage. Uh, and, um, there is, uh, another riddle about pitter patter, whatever. I don't remember what it is. Um, and to read uh, the fine print. Yeah. To read the fine print. Right. And, uh, they say back up so Sean can talk to the rat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, base, Sean has no idea what to do here, and mm-hmm. he kind of tells Gus to stall again, which he does by channeling Michael Jackson, um, one of your personal favorites. Mm-hmm. And yeah, does but the thing, but thing is, I'm not a fan of his music. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you like his other things. <laughs> um, and so yeah, he does a pretty good impression, obviously, because we know he's a great dancer. Um, mm. but again, another phrase I think about stairs. a lot is the way I just love the word, Michael Jackson, King of Pop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, they, 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 they realize that, okay, wait, pitter patter, you know, the feet. And so they realize it's not really about the mouse itself. And so they lift up the cage and underneath like the, whatever the surface is a uh, newspaper, but the newspapers. The head, the classifieds are all names of people who they previously worked with. Adam Hornstock selling a black snake. Mira Gowney looking for someone to love tender. Um, there's something about a pharaoh equinologist, which apparently Gus says is a train enthusiast, which yeah. apparently Gus is, which I, yeah, of course, he's a train enthusiast. I mean, the word equine kind of being in it just made me think it was like a horse. But pharaoh means horse. iron. So I'm assuming it comes from iron horse. Oh, yeah, just... probably actually, because yeah, yeah, I know that in Spanish you call a f- like a freight train a ferrocarril. It has two yeah. double R's in the fucking word, and it's all one word. Yeah, so I have no fucking chance of saying it. But yeah, so yeah. A train enthusiast and a tr- tender is a fuel car, and a black snake is a coal train. So um, then there's only one coal train that goes through Santa Barbara, and then we get a scene. And it's not, and it's think... not miles. No. <sighs> 
And I think that this one second scene of the train not stopping is just so funny to me. <laughs> that all the stations, like, it's not going to stop. This is a, a pull-through station. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do like that they go through the Golia station, which is, to this day, the only part of Santa Barbara County, if that's a county, that I've been to. I've never been to Santa Barbara. Oh, so they actually shot that part. Because they don't, they don't shoot almost anything in Santa Barbara. But that was shot in Santa Barbara? No, I have no idea. No, that didn't look like the station at all. I was just like... Oh, but they say that it's okay. The the the, the sign says Golita. Right, right, right. Um, and so they have to chase after it. Um, Sean says it's like a fantasy to be like hobos. Um, of course, Dust never had a fantasy about... Have you ever had a hobo fantasy about hopping trains? Uh, Not... I mean, hopping trains, but not being a hobo, specifically, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you never want to be a train. Can you either. say hobo? I don't think you I can think say you hobo. Can. I hobo think, anymore. I mean, I wouldn't say it about a person, but I would describe the idea of, like, hopping on trains in, like, the eight, the 1920s. I would say that hobo is still fine then. You know what I mean? I Like, I wouldn't, I would never call a homeless person in real life a hobo, but I would say, like, if you're, if the, the act of being, you know, wearing rags and hopping on trains, you know, into the frontier west, I think it's still hobo-ish. I think that's fine. Okay, fair enough. Now, the worst thing you want, to, you, the thing you never want to be called, I feel like, is you never want to be a transient. That's you, that's the worst thing to be. Oh, uh, or a drifter. A drift, yeah, a drifter's not good. Drifter's really bad. It's just like that warrior skin kind of level. Yeah, it's just like you, <laughs> like that's a word that you just poof. Um, is there no a movie called The Drifter? There's got to be a movie called The there's, Drifter. I mean, I'm assuming, I'm assuming there is. I've never seen it, but I'm sure there is. Um, I heard the Hitcher. I mean, there's the High Plains Drifter, which I think is a Clint Eastwood movie. Um, you never want to be a drifter. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, Sean ends up getting a call back from Abigail. And she's like, I, he's like, I might need to push the time. Um, and there's like she 20 says, movies called Drifter. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, what, are you chasing a serial killer or something? And Sean's like, yeah, exactly. And then he puts Gus on the phone. And I do love after Gus talks to her for a little bit, he, he, she says... His out of breath voice is terrible. He was bad at Othello in senior year, and he hasn't gotten much better or something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of Othello references back to back weeks. Great, that's a good point. Although Sean doesn't know that the one last week was a reference to Othello. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, he's, <laughs> Sean swears he's telling the truth, and he, you know, she's like, "I'm afraid we'd be waiting on that pier," and you know, he says the sweet thing of "You look beautiful on that pier," and so they end up hopping on the train, and sure enough, there is an envelope. That has a riddle where the main thing in it is that a moving picture is worth a thousand words. And eight pick up the phone and eight rings and the girl's dead. Um, they have yeah. 27 minutes. And there's then a stack of photos in the envelope. Yeah, there's a stack of photos. So, you know, obviously you try to go through the clues. Um, they get interrupted by Mary Lightly, who caught up to the train. Very mm-hmm. slow moving train, mind you. Yeah. Um, and they well, Why did it take him so long? Oh, it took him so long because he rocks ankle weights all day. <laughs> all all day and all night, apparently. <laughs> One of the funniest details about it. <laughs> they reinvigorated Ryan Reynolds' career. Do um do ankle weights really help you? Like what? They help I you don't know. Gas? I'm sure they probably do. I, I'm sure they probably like, in the same way that like wearing a donut on a baseball bat is helpful. You know what I mean? That like it trains your body to have more resistance, but like. Correct. I it sculpts know. your leg muscles and is a significant advantage to bone health. I mean, we really should just have Ryan Reynolds. His career was one that was reinvigorated. Um, maybe I got some ankle weights. Although yeah, I have I mean, nice calves. Yeah, I, my calves aren't great. I, I could maybe should invest. Um, and so anyway, they go through the photos, and he thinks, of course, a moving picture. That's an odd turn of phrase. And he realizes that uh, a lot of the photos match up with each other, and you can make it into like, sort of a flip book. And what is being shown in the flip book is... Uh, 
Gus throwing something out into a trash can near the psych office. So they go there, and one of the clues also mentioned to follow the birds. And so uh-huh. um, they uh, follow the birds, and there is, I mean, speaking of hobos, but there's a, there is a, uh, a bum. You know, he's not yeah. a real person, so I'm going to call him a bum. Um, mm-hmm. and he's, he's not, not a real person? Jeez, man. No, I mean, what? He's not really he's a fictional character. <laughs> not a real okay. person. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and so, uh, and he has a little yin-yang symbol on his, um, on his uh, blanket. blanket. And Sean, yeah. then he finds the phone, and what does Sean do? Yeah, he um, he first he notices that the phone didn't start ringing until they got there. So clearly someone is around watching them. And yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you expect that to be the case? And um, and he just grabs the phone and he throws it into the ocean. Um, you know, Lassie and Jules are like dumbfounded. And Lassie understandably so. Yeah, and Lassie threatens him with being charged with accessory to murder. If Which I don't think could stick. I don't think that would stick. I, I don't think that would. I, I'm no, sure no, of course stick. not. Um. So Sean, you know, is looking around and he sees what looks like a phone screen or something going on behind like the blinds. I think it's like reflection. I think it's like the reflection. Oh, it's a reflection of something. So something's moving around in there. So someone's in the psych office. So they all take off on foot, head towards psych HQ. Um, They essentially clear the building of anybody actually being there. So it looks like they were just there and they took off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And so, you know... Sean is really, you know, distressed. They're looking around. Um, Sean, you know, he's freaking out, kind of. And then Gus, uh, last ditch effort to, you know, to calm people down. What's his next bit? Uh, yeah, he does his little uh, King Kong act. He grabs like a model airplane or something, or airplane mm-hmm. figurine, and starts zooming it around him. And he says he's King Kong, and mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> again, um, just kill, just killing the game. And, um, yeah, so the, poli- the police finally like, yo, what the fuck is wrong with you? Is, and, yeah, it, yeah. Sean, even but Sean this, at this point yeah. is pissed. But this is when Juliet finds a photo of the tied-up girl, and then in uh, the desk they find a stopwatch, uh, and in the photo it's they mention something about Sean being a naughty boy. Um, and uh, Sean says he's going to quit. He's not anyone's puppet. He's, uh, he's better than me. Um, and I'm not gonna, you know, and, and there's some real strife and consternation. This is not like a funny, this isn't a comedy argument. Uh, especially Juliet, yeah. who's very disappointed in him. Like Lassie, you understand Lassie doesn't like him, but Juliet is genuinely disappointed. Yeah. She flashes him a very disappointed look before taking off. Mm-hmm. And as soon as they're gone, Sean breaks out of character, um, mm-hmm. or sorry, he, he breaks back into character and mm-hmm. says, no, of course I'm not giving up. I just wanted, mm-hmm. we need to handle this on our own. And he, said, he says, don't be the last of the famous international playboys. Yeah. Is, what is that? Is that I think it, I honestly, it's a reference I know I should get last. The international playboys. I think that's the name of the song. Uh, yeah. It's a song by Morrissey. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. So it's like, um, the last of the famous international playboys. It's yeah. Morrissey impression. It's honestly not that bad. No, it's not the worst. You've done uh, way worse. It's it's the thing is it's a I'll say this, it's a good comedy impression where you know who I'm doing and it's making fun of them, which is all you need. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's a dumbass. Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. So anyway, Sean's like, we got to change the rules. You know, I think that that's a good move. You can't. You're not going to beat a uh, uh, killer who uses riddles just by solving riddle after riddle after riddle. Yeah. So where they're going to start is they're going to go to the beginning. They're mm-hmm. going to start where it all started. 
Um, so then we get interrupted by a fax coming in. Uh, you remember those? Uh, comes into the police yes. station and it's like a. It's. Wait, when was the last about... time you sent a fax? When was the last time you sent a fax? I sent a fax. Um, probably like around like 2000 and like 12, 13 ish. At my one job, my job two jobs ago, a lot of the clients we had were what oh, they would send in their payments via fax, which wasn't a huge problem. But a couple of them only would accept like bills via fax. So I, the last time I sent a fax was in the year 2019. Old people, man. Um, I mean, it's so crazy. I, the technology behind sending something over a phone line is just. I, can't fathom yeah. it. I mean, I know it's still. Go- I think they recently just stopped doing where you for a while it used to be that med- a lot of medical records could only be sent via fax, and now they I think they recently updated HIPAA because like HIPAA you know was really slow to uh, update, but I think now it's not the case anymore. But it used to be that I remember my mom would have to send faxes all the time at work and stuff. Um, mm. Anyway, uh, so the faxes for Lassie basically is clear that um, uh, it's now Lassie's turn to be in the, the spotlight, and there's a uh, a riddle about like a jackson and they, you know long story short the riddle is about civil war it's about thomas Stonewall jackson who sucked on lemons whose left arm was buried separately from him and uh this is when mary lightly says no he says he's a civil war buff and mary lightly says remember uh pat swayze in that north and south miniseries talk about civil war buff <laughs> <laughs> i totally went over my head i think i was writing something down um yeah, so then they Julia gets the idea that it could have something to do with the Stonewall Inn mm. or some shit. Yeah. And it's possibly room 1863. So yeah. they head over there. Um, and at the same yeah, time, Sean and Gus go, are back at Captain Ron's. And they look for uh, the black Jeep that the waitress drove. And it's not there, which means that Yang obviously took the car. And so they call Lassie and ask, say, look for this car. And sure enough, the car's in the parking lot at the Stonewall a hotel and suites um and so they go into the room thankfully she's alive but she's got a note in her mouth yeah she's got a note in her mouth and it's about um how sean quit the case mm-hmm. um and maybe it wasn't like high enough stakes for him yeah because it was someone he barely knew so mm-hmm. they took someone else uh that that he knows a little bit better and mm-hmm. judging from the message well judging from the purse that's in the room it belongs to his mom Mm-hmm. So Sean obviously is very upset that uh, yes. his mom has been kidnapped. Yes, and it's I think a very well played moment. It is not. Uh, I think the the show sh- I think could easily struggle with making with differentiating when things are actually serious and when things are you know serious for comedy reasons. And I completely believe that he you know he can't keep doing the charade obviously because his mom is uh it might die. Um, now yeah. Uh, they find a message written in lipstick on the bathroom window, um, which is, you know, mommy says hi and bye just in case and enjoy the VU is one of the things, uh, but it's spelled VU. Now, Gus thinks it might be Brendan VU from the Spelling Bee, which, you know what? If, it, if, it, if, it, if there was a call back to the Spelling Bee episode, that would be a pretty good clue, but it's not. What is it a clue for? Yeah, it's a misdirect, and it's actually um, it's in reference to the drive-in theater, I guess, in Santa Barbara. Um, yes, it, apparently drive-in theater called The Cinema View just opened, and it's spelled V-U. Uh, I think it was spelled V-U-E, but the E was off. Okay, I don't but you could be right. That's what it looked like. It looked like it was way longer mm-hmm. than just a U at the end. Anyways. So, so yeah, so um, they, oh, they also tell 
Sean that security has been put on Abigail, yeah. so no one's going to be after Good. her. Exactly. Um, and they uh, they go to the drive drive-in mm-hmm. theater next, and Henry joins them there, and they start to wonder like where could she possibly be? Yeah. And going from the same you know the same thing that happened previously, she probably had uh, the killer probably left in the mm-hmm. rental car that Sean's mother had. Maddie, yes. sorry. Yeah. And Sean and, remembers that mm-hmm. the um, the uh, the car was a blue sedan. So they're looking for a blue sedan. Um, and uh, Sean steps on some cars, which is really fucking rude. I know he's looking for his mom kidnapped, but come on. Um, That's and, like the least subtle way of looking for a fucking car on top of yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and he ends up seeing a blue sedan with coastal rental car plates. And uh, Maddie is uh, has tape on her mouth and she's tied up. And she has a note that says, Mommy says, pretty please don't squeeze. And um, there's a light on the back of her head. Uh, and so obviously you would think that maybe she's got a sniper pointed at her. But then mm-hmm. Sean realizes that it's actually just a laser pointer. Um, in, in the well, they, well, they, 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 The cops break into the projection booth and realize it's just a laser pointer. Yeah, well, she also, the mom, Maddie also says that it's just a decoy. And yeah, then the right. real prize is inside the popcorn uh, yes. container. It's a big bomb in the uh popcorn and sean asks where is he about mr yang and she gestures over to the car next to her and who is in the car but the great ali sheedy uh, okay i was like is that ali sheedy yeah of breakfast club fame uh this is the first of like i I think i told you that they get uh four of the five members of the breakfast club uh i guess are on psych uh and this is the first of the four um I, I take it they don't get Emilio No, they get they Emilio they, No, they don't get Emilio Oh, no? Suez. No, they don't. Yeah. Fuck, you, you couldn't be bothered. Um, And so, uh, yeah, you know, um, Sean, then Henry comes and, uh, you know, Sean's like, you know, she's strapped, which is very sad. And Sean goes over to talk to Yang and um, Henry and Maddie are together, you know, there. He's like, I'm not going anywhere. Uh, and she says, I don't have anything better to do, which is, you know, one of those sweet but also like obviously terrifying moments um mm-hmm. and yeah they um they he gets in the car with yang and uh there's a pretty tense conversation i would say yeah it's pretty tense um she seems pretty unhinged obviously as um yeah. <laughs> as we can imagine and mm-hmm. she starts going through her bond villain speech mm-hmm. um about being a completionist so mm-hmm. um much like you i guess um, yeah so yes yeah, so there's a like, lot of similarities between me and mr yang yeah so it looks like the story that they two have been cooking up together indirectly mm-hmm. is about to close mm-hmm. and man i had to say i was on edge the rest of this episode to be yeah. quite honest with you yeah uh i i yeah, it's, good, it's good shit <laughs> i wasn't yeah. i think when i i don't think i oversold this episode's importance <laughs> no no for sure like but like when it ends i'm like oh yeah. okay yeah. um so but she also says you know sean calls her a cliche um mm-hmm. And she, you know, she didn't want to kill any, she didn't want to actually kill the mom because, mm. you know, he wanted, she wanted Sean to like her yes. because they're going to work together in the future. Exactly. She says it's, she says it's by writing a book, but I suspect that's not what she meant at yeah, all. Yeah, who knows? You know, it's it's not like there's a, you know, format in the history of fiction about uh, imprisoned serial killer helping find other serial killers. Like that's never been a thing that's happened in fiction before. So um, like they wouldn't right. emulate that. But, um, and, uh, so she kind of, you know, gives up, not gives up, but is like, yeah, you know, um, this story's over, which I do appreciate given that, like, 
obviously she's a crazy person so she can you know, she's unpredictable but i also think that like once she's talking to sean it wouldn't make a lot of sense for her to blow up matt like because she doesn't get anything out of that you know what i mean like it's not the satisfaction is the game it, you get the impression that like the, that she doesn't the killing people part is like secondary to the, the that she want that she i think she probably gets more satisfaction over the cops losing their minds over not being able to beat her than she does actually killing the people you know what i mean yeah, she loves edging the cops. Exactly. Um, and so the, he ends up getting the det- det- detonator, and um, he uh, she says, you know, but, think about me. One, yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly that. Th- exactly that. Think about me on your date tonight, which is, oof. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, God. Oh, mm-hmm. God, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they uh, she gets arrested. They unhook uh, Madeline, and... Um, Sean goes through his mind and he remembers seeing, you know, uh, Mr. Yang at all these different places, you know, and I think that it, I think it's notable. I think that Ali Sheedy is good casting insofar as she very much comes off as crazy. Like you, you believe that she's a crazy person. And also she is not, she is like the female equivalent uh, in, in the way she's styled in particular of the, you know, the concept in like Spycraft of the gray man, you know, obviously like the movie was named after that, but I guess the idea of like, you want to make yourself look inconspicuous. Like you never want to look too handsome or too ugly. You kind of just want to blend in. And like, I, and you can just imagine Ryan Gosling. <laughs> well, exactly. That's why I said that the movie is a bad example of it. But like, I mean, you yeah. watch the Americans, right? Yeah. I like, love that show. Yeah. Matthew Reese's, you know, his character Clark that he does, like he, where he hooks up that, that is a classic gray man. You know what I mean? Like you would never notice that guy. Um, he looked a lot like uh, he kind of reminded me a lot of like Stanley Tucci and uh, the Lovely Bones. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, that's true. I think the difference is if you look like that in the '80s, you could be a normal person. But if you look like that in 2009, you're a crazy person. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so she was there everywhere, and um, you know, uh, there's a moment with Mary where Mary kind of is like has a crisis of what is he going to do? He's been looking for Mr. Yang for the last 13 years. Yeah, so he's got to find a new hobby, maybe. Mm-hmm. Two words, racquetball, which I think is just one word. It but... is just one word. It's one word. Okay. It's like and... that video of, of uh, Charles Barkley saying, I got two words for you. Steve Nash and Chris Paul. Must see TV. So, it's kind of like that. I don't know if you've ever yeah. seen that before. No, I haven't. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, Sean goes off on his date. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, Henry and Maddie share a nice little moment. They kiss. Mm-hmm. I think yep. that's I, I, I wasn't gonna forget it i was like i was kind of surprised you're skipping over and i'm like man don't do henry yeah 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 so um you know uh she also tells henry that she admits to telling sean to go for it yeah. and he doesn't care because they're both safe and they're both the most mm-hmm. important first people yeah. in his lives mm-hmm. and so yeah that's nice um, and then sean talks to madeline about he wants to reschedule his date but she's like no you got it you can't you know uh you got to go see a better girl is what he said right. what she says you know, a little yeah. Goodwill Hunting reference. Um, oh, Sean references right, okay. it earlier when he says, "How do you like them apples?" And then, so yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. And so yeah, we uh, then uh, see Sean. Uh, we see Abigail get dropped off at the movie theater by Buzz McNabb, and um, she's like surprised. Like, did you really catch Mr. Yang tonight? Um, mm-hmm. And apparently, they cut a deal with a theater manager where they get an exclusive screening of whatever movie they're watching. And Sean is going to go get them some popcorn. Um, mm-hmm. And so he's inside getting popcorn. And who happens to be there? Yeah, Juliet's there mm-hmm. uh, looking like she's got something to say. 
Mm-hmm. And boy, does she. Yes. Uh, yeah, so she she starts talking and Sean starts to like quip and she's like, just please just listen to me mm-hmm. say this. Mm-hmm. And she talks about all the mixed signals that have possibly, mm-hmm. possibly being sent mm-hmm. on her end and about how things are like way better when you wait for them or like mm-hmm. they're not... It's yes, just a bunch of the, line, the line I honestly will remember very vividly is the best things, the richest things, aren't supposed uh-huh. to come easily. Which is yeah, you know, that's just good. That's good speech. I mean, it's a good romantic speech is not easy to write, and I think that that's a good line. Yes, it is. Um, and so she tells him that you know he deserves more than just mm-hmm. popcorn tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, that maybe they should go get dinner and. Mm-hmm. Sean's like, oh, so are you are you asking me on a date? And she admits mm-hmm. to asking her on a date, yeah. asking him on a date. And he thinks about it, and God, he you know he says that her timing is so fucking bad because mm-hmm. he's literally already on a date, mm-hmm. and she asks who's it's with, or she guesses that it's with the one who mm-hmm. got away. No, he says with Abigail, oh. and he says she says ah she the says, one who got away, and then she gives him a very tender kiss on the cheek, and get out there, she's not gonna wait forever. Uh, you know, it just, uh, I, uh, I'll say this, imagine being in my position, be having to wait a full fucking year to see, I mean, come on, how is that? Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, this, this, is like, this is like good season finale shit. Like, this is what you get in TV shows where, like, I feel like when a TV show is not super serialized, you can really do a big gut punch with the season finale because you're not seeing it coming, you know what I mean? Like, most yeah. episodes just end normally and then you have the season finale just like, boom, right in the gut. Yeah, no, for sure. This is way right better than week. This is way better than making jokes about Tony Shalhoub fucking his dead wife. Just... I mean, that's hard. That's what I, I that that's actually kind of I, I don't know if I can endorse that. But he ends up going out, <laughs> and uh, Abigail meets him and says, "You know, you look like someone just punched you in the stomach." But he lies and says it's because they were out of butter. But he does have necko wafers. Now, what is your opinion on necko wafers? Get them out. I'll get you know get them out and give them to me. I'm pro. I don't know why. I know it's it, but I, I like them. I don't know what to tell you. You know what? I'm not even in on Toblerone either. I'm out. On I'm that. not. I'm not really in on Toblerone either. But I do. I like Necco wafers. Um, I mean, I, I like, haven't had it in so long. I don't even remember what it tastes like. I think it's just like insanely artificial wafers, right? They're like very old school, old timey. Like because we used to get them when we would go to Cracker Barrel, which you know that's a sentence. Because um, they yeah. had like, I mean, I had them other times when I was a kid, but they had like ones this big. I'm doing guys for those listening up bigger than like a dollar coin size mm-hmm. necko wafers which are fun because they're bigger now were they did they taste better no but if you make anything a little bit bigger it's fun um is cracker barrel the place with like all the shavings on the floor mm, the shavings no yeah okay the no. shavings as in what what do you mean by shavings of what like wood shavings or like kind no of like cracker barrel shit? is like it's like an old it's an old country store is how it's branded and it has like southern like comfort food in with in it but it has like a tchotchke shop attached to it and you can get like you know board games and shit um and other old-timey stuff old-timey snacks old-timey food um the the food the breakfast is really good there um i, I remember hannibal burst the comedian once said that it's a tim dunker breakfast it's consistent it'll get you 20 and 10 a night because it's really che- you, like what he pointed out and this is true you can get a country boy breakfast which is like what mine always run is like two pieces of like pile of french toast bacon you know a side of grits or whatever and a drink for like nine bucks i mean it's a, it's a good deal it's it's a I'm pro. Some people oh obviously God. doesn't have a racist undertone to it. Yes, it does. But is it good? Is it like good food for what you're getting? Yeah, it's a good hearty place to eat. Oh my God, I'm looking at like the menu right now. It looks 
Pretty damn good. I mean, once again, you look at the prices for breakfast, it's like not, it's crazy. The country boy breakfast might be a little more expensive now, but it used to be like eight bucks. Um, and you, if it's called the country boy breakfast, you're like, well, this is good. <laughs> like, this is how it's, it's, it's $18 now. $18. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, and look at what you're getting. You're getting so much shit. I've never, you never leave a Cracker Barrel hungry. I'll tell you that much. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm hungry. Yeah. It's, um, it's pro. Right. Because I, 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 you can imagine, I know there's a definite contingent of people who have never been, who see it on the outside, see all the old racist white people going in there, which there absolutely are, and it's like, oh, that must be terrible. But like, don't judge a book by its cover. Uh, right. Anyway, Noted. so they're going to the car, and uh, who is in the car? Yeah, Gus is in the car, uh, because unfortunately, Sean had to use Gus's car, but it's a company car, so he can't let it out of yeah. his sight again. Yeah. So, you know. That's nice, I guess. Yeah. Yep. And so they have their date. And uh, what do you give this up out of 10? I gave it a 9 out of 10. I gave it a 9 out of 10 as well. Uh, and since it's the end of the season, what was your favorite episode from this season? Uh, Tuesday the 17th. Same with me. I think that that's pretty it's, – it's, it's classic. I think that most like fans would put it in the top 10 – sorry, top 5 of all-time episodes – um, yeah. But I think I think these two episodes end really strongly. And you want to sound great? I think that season four starts off really fucking strong too. Extradition, British Columbia. I'm spoiling what I'm going to say at the end of the episode. But uh, uh, yeah. and uh, yeah, I'm excited Wait, that we were able to get right. through season three. And mm-hmm. um, Andre, where can people follow you on Twitter? You can follow me at Andre Pereira. And you can follow me at the J Christie. Please review, subscribe, share the show with the biggest sci fan in your life. And more important than that. Tune in next time. I don't know when it's going to be. We're going to take a little break, I think, because we're because I'm also going on a trip the week after next too. So we might actually be off for a little bit. Um, oh wow, okay. Yeah, we'll see. What we can, get, but we'll be off maybe for like a week. Uh, but after that, whenever we come back, we'll be talking the season four premiere, Extradition, British Columbia. <laughs>